Welcome back to another episode of Key Factors Podcast. I am your host, Mark Jones, and we are sponsored by ReviewMyMortgage.com, the largest index of mortgage programs nationally. And from time to time, I like to bring on a guest that is not associated with real estate and more so entrepreneurial spirited. Um, today's guest is brought to us by way of an actual customer that I met, fell in love with, um, and would love to share his story with everybody out there. Um, so without further ado, I want to introduce Adrian Simeon. Adrian, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm Good. Get in there. Yep. Thank Absolutely. you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Um, so to start this thing off, I want to um, allow you time to get kind of where you are, where you're from, um, where you came from, all that good stuff. So yeah. go ahead. Absolutely. So I am originally from, uh, again, uh, Adrian Simeon. Sorry about that. Adrian Simeon, uh, currently a physician um, and I have uh, two separate businesses, but I currently, um, I'm from uh, Compton, California. Okay. Um, and Straight out of Compton. Straight out of Compton. Yes. <laughs> And then um, I kind of resided around kind of the area as well, like Linwood, Norwalk, went to school in a few different places as so well. So you were in the inner city. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep, absolutely. And then um, from there, received a basketball scholarship to play in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. So I played okay. there uh, for about closer to about a year or so. Okay. Um, did some studies there due to hardship, went back home for a couple of years. Um, sadly enough, unfortunately, I was homeless for several months. Okay. Uh, lived in and out of cars. And then um, I was able to get kind of get back on my feet when I met my uh, now then wife and sure. her family kind of helped me out quite a bit. My family helped me out during that time frame too. hopped back in college, um, had a completely different passion at that point in time, which is ba basically anything sports wise. Yeah. Um, I thought about physical therapy, all those uh, specific fields. And then um, I kind of got not pushed, but kind of um the, the the route kind of led me into to medicine. So okay. uh, now, again, physician, OBGYN, um, and basically love what I do. I love that. And when we were going through the process, you shared your story with me, and Correct. it just instantly I connected. Now, Correct. I'm not from the inner city of anything, um, but I didn't come from much. Uh, my parents, gosh, they were awesome in raising us. They mm -hmm. raised us the right way, yeah. uh, school of hard knocks, so yeah, to speak. Absolutely. Um, but... It was just myself, my brother, and all the act right that we could get from our parents. Correct. And in your story, you were kind of just telling me that there was, like you said, homeless. Um, you didn't know which way, way you were going to go, mm -hmm. but you were hooping. You yep. knew you were good at that. Yep. And then your calling hit you. And I just wanted it to, to resonate with folks that it is possible. Whatever it is out there that you're wanting to do, it's possible. Absolutely. So I want to start with what made you make the decision mm -hmm. to go the route that you did, where as I can imagine and relating to this, I wasn't always the best student. Yeah. I wasn't always <laughs> the best person. All of that yeah. good stuff yeah. um, made bad choices more than anybody, mm. but decided at a certain point that I needed to get my shit straight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what, what, what was your situation like and how did you make that transition? So the, 
<clears throat> well, I think the transition happened more so because of the situation. Okay. Um, I always tell a lot of people that I mentor or talk to over time is that um, you're going to be, you're going to at some point become decisive when you have tragedy, when you face that tragedy, when you yeah. face that hardship, you have to, to make the right decisions at that point in time. Now I've felt over and over and over again, it got to the point to where I got tired of it. Yeah. Um, so, and then you, you start to see kind of a repeat, a cycle uh, of what's been going on in the family sure. for quite some time. So um, I, I think I, I really hit rock bottom when I was homeless. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was the only thing that was able to kind of keep me warm at night was like the clothes I had in, in a bag that was next to me or, or anything like that. Couldn't really eat. I had to kind of ask for food and things like that. And I just hit rock bottom one night, just laying in a car and I was just in tears. So I was like, you know what? I got to figure out something. Um, I was at a point in time beforehand where basketball scholarship, um, I was the, kind of the star of the team. I was kind of kind of moving my way up the ladder at that right. point in time. But this was never done in the family period right? Um, at all, not even any sort of education at all. So <clears throat> at that point in time, it was um, hit rock bottom. And I was like, I got to figure this shit out. Yeah. Um, and then that was the first time I've ever felt, I didn't really feel sorry for myself anymore because that's, I think that's where a lot of people become paralyzed because they feel sorry for themselves and they don't want to do anything. I agree. Um, so I, I stopped feeling sorry for myself. I, um, I took the help that was, that was given to me at that point in time for my wife now, um, my family. And then once I was able to kind of get back on my feet, going back to school and things like that, um, I just I took it serious. Yeah, I took it serious. And as a as a hooper in general, like you want to get you want to get by, but just enough to play basketball. Yeah, there's no straight wrong. A's. You're not wrong. There's no straight A's at all. So um, this is just a different mindset. And at that point in time, too, I had a, a little girl. She was like she was like one. Mm. So I was like, I got to figure this shit out now, yeah. or I'm done. Uh, right. And I didn't want to be that deadbeat dad. So. Um, and a lot of these things that I've been taught growing up, like my dad taught discipline. I mean, to the point, sometimes it was a little bit too aggressive. Same, but, um, yeah. He taught discipline. My mom taught hard work too as well. So she was really, really tough on us. And she never gave up as well. She was, even if we didn't have any any food to eat, she was there like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be gone for a few hours. But she came back with food. Right. And I come from a family of eight brothers and four sisters. I have a lot of wow. siblings. Yeah. Um, so some of us didn't eat at times, some of us ate, um, but yeah, those, those, um, kind of those essentials that they taught us, it kind of stayed with me over time. And then when it was time to make that choice to, you know what, we got, I got to do something now. Um, they were there with me at all. I mean, the whole time they were with me. So then at that point in time, took school serious. Um, and then the other biggest thing that kind of changed me was my, the mentorship, which was essential um, to, to my success. So I met some people and, and they showed me a different, different lifestyle. They were like, Hey, you don't have to have that mentality of being homeless or right. poor. They were like, Hey, check this out. Look at this. And my mind kind of just opened up from there. And once I got a little bit of taste of it, it was over. And so. let me ask you, and, and that was something I was going to bring up because you mentioned it before is mentorship. <clears throat> Who was the mentor who were the few mentors in your life and this is the time to give them a shout out or something like that because i want to know me growing up and going through these things Mm -hmm. i didn't have that mentor that i looked up to i had to pretend that i had mentors so to speak in the videos and the books that i was reading um 
and those that had actually done it before. Mm -hmm. I am not the kind of person that takes advice from somebody if you ain't been there before. <laughs> and I learned that That's real true. quick. Um, it was one of those things that my dad kept telling me, quit listening to your friends. They yeah. ain't done shit. Absolutely. And it didn't stick until it was time for me to make the decision yeah. to get serious, get my grown grown man pants yeah. on, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, so who who were those people? I would say first and foremost was uh, a coach um, when I was going through all the, the hardship and, and pretty living in a pretty poor area in uh, Linwood at that point in time. Um, he was the the main person that stuck right by me. His name was um, Coach James Mayo, okay. and he he passed from uh, cancer. Oh man! Um, so, and I didn't realize that when I came back from college, they they told me that he passed, and I was just like, oh man, this is the guy that I mean, he got me back to he got me to where I needed to be. Sure, he gave me that initial mindset. Um, but he was there, like paying for books and paying for food, and then picking me up for for uh for practice and doing all these things so I didn't really really appreciate it at that time sure until later on uh obviously when I matured I was like man this is this was a very important person that kind of changed the the things in my life at that time and then <clears throat> um other important ones which were um a pastor in St. Louis when I actually okay. went down um to um to play basketball um, so when I left, became homeless, and then I went back to the same school to finish what I started because I never, I, I do not like starting something and I can't finish it. Yeah. So I went back, um, two pastors, Anthony Woods, and then also uh, Robert Lloyd, okay. um, two big pastors in, in uh, St. Louis. I'm talking about me and my wife were dirt poor. We we didn't have any money. I'm talking about every single week they were driving by, dropping us off 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. Yeah. Uh, big like baskets of food because we didn't have food at all. And um, they were very, very monumental in terms of, of, of our success. And then um, along the way, when I was kind of uh, moving into going into medicine and school and kind of meeting um, a lot of people at that time, I uh, I met <clears throat> well, my wife met a lady. Um, her name is Diane White. Okay. So Diane White was uh, the first African American female to go to um, a university in St. Louis. Uh, the first like news anchor in St. Louis. Like so, she was like historical. Sure. Um, so by that time, she um, she reached out a few times to me, and I, I really wasn't conversating with her as much. But she she basically said like, "Hey, I, I can feel like you want to do something big with your life, but you're scared." So then I'm thinking like, "How does she know this?" Yeah, yeah. Well, she 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 knows everything. <laughs> um, but uh, she told me that, and uh, she was like, "You know what? Stop being scared and just go ahead and do that shit." That's what she told me, quote unquote. And I was like. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's real talk. All right. So that that changed the switch like right away. And I was like, you know what? If, if she's telling me to do something this person, this big, yeah, I got to do it. That makes sense. Um, and then my last one um, that I want to mention, she's been, she's like a mom to me. Um, Dr. Kuna Chung. She's the the dean of uh, the medical school at WashU in St. Louis. Okay. Okay. So when I really wanted to go into medicine, um, beforehand, I had a GPA of a zero point, a negative 0.2. Okay. So when I walked in her office, she said, I have never in my life seen this. So <laughs> how could you pull this off? Yeah. So then at that point, she, um, she didn't count me out. She said, I've, I've interviewed 10,000s of kids to get into medical school and I've never like seen the grit and never seen the personality right. um, of you ever walk into my office. Wrote a big A on a paper, and she said, from the rest, from now on, I want you to get straight A's 
from now until you graduate undergrad. And, and she said, by that time, if you do, then I'll help you. If That's... you don't, if it's a B, I can't do it. Wow. Every single semester sent in straight A's. Wow. So I went, walked into her office afterwards and I was like, I was ready. I'm ready. Here you go. I spiked that paper. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it and so did I. Boom. Yeah, exactly. I love exactly. it. Exactly. So I was ready. Okay. Yeah. So having said that, and this is a huge message and there's a time and a place for everything. And I think this is the time and the place. Mm-hmm. We've got a society of younger folks. And I've talked about this in other episodes or discussions, Mm -hmm. and my brother included in in some of them, because a lot of folks think, because I'm only half black, Mm -hmm. that I don't get the same kind of uh, (laughs) uh, mindset that goes on with somebody that's full black. And I'm like, look, I've got other relatives (laughs) that are blacker than you. (laughs) My brother wears a do-rag to bed every night. So (laughs) if he wants his waves intact... but regardless, I, I want I want to, I guess, get your take on the concept of somebody is holding us back. Somebody is um, got their thumb on us, going, yeah. "You you are limited in what you can do." Yeah. And I think that was something that you and I had spoke about up front. That it was like, man, I, you had me in tears, by the way, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it was it was nice seeing someone that had gone through that. And won. Yeah. And still winning, regardless mm. of how many times you fail and how many times you're going to continue yeah, to fail. Absolutely. And I think that's something that our youth these days um, are, I don't know, maybe allergic to. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I do know that I'm here. You're here. Yeah. We both have successful careers. And we're both doing things not only for ourselves, but for our family and our absolutely. communities. Um, so w- what is your take on that? Is somebody holding you back? Was somebody holding you back? Did you have that mindset at first? Mm -hmm. And obviously some of your mentors um, broke that habit in you Mm -hmm. because you mentioned the Dean, she was black too, right? Oh no, the Dean was, no, she was, um, she was not black. I don't want to say. Who who was the, who was the black lady that said? Oh, um, um, the, um, the historical figure. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure she didn't walk in first day and say, you know, Adrian, um, you're going to have to try twice as hard and yeah. triple times as hard. And knowing that you took that and ran with it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, okay, well, I'm going to run through this, but I've got this excuse that I can fall back on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly. what, what are your thoughts on that these days? That's a tough one. Without getting political. Yeah, I try, I mean, I try not to. <laughs> me too, man. I, I stay out of politics. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a tough one because I ultimately think that there's this very strong mentality that has been ran generation through generation through generation mm-hmm. um, that it's really hard to change. Yeah. Um, a lot of the kids that I mentor, um, they ultimately, and we go back to this again, they feel sorry for themselves. They, right. Like I'm African American, I, I can't get past this. Like this person is is white, they're gonna get it before I can. So it makes it difficult to try to mentor those kids mm-hmm. uh, first and foremost. Um, it, it's 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 difficult nowadays the the time that we live in now because social media is toxic. Yeah, I agree. Um, Matter of ba- fact, I just deleted my TikTok <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm like, no more TikTok. Yeah. I didn't use it, but just the concept of it, mm-hmm. ah, I'm done. It, yeah, it's very toxic. So, And you have all these stereotypes and all these different things that go on in social media because kids nowadays, 24-7, they're on the, their phones. You're not wrong. Swiping up. Yep. Swiping up. So now if you have all these different 
stereotypes and biases and people putting out content that's that's feeding that, mm-hmm. those kids won't do anything. Mind you, this is also feeding into minds of young uh, adults that have not lived yet. Exactly. So they don't know any better. Exactly. What, what's in front of them is what they see. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and it goes, again, it goes to the point to where people don't become desperate until they have something to be desperate for. I love that. So if they're, if, if you're homeless and you're like, I have to, I have to find my next meal. Mm-hmm. Now you're desperate. You have right. to make the right decisions. If you don't have that, that type of, that type of um, surrounding or environment near you or anywhere near you, then you, you're, there's no desperation. You're right. just going to be doing whatever. Um, and it's, it's just hard to, to, to find out the, the younger generation in terms of grit, perseverance, discipline, which is a big thing. You just, it's hard to find it nowadays. I agree. So I agree. And, and grit is a powerful word mm-hmm. that most people don't understand. Yeah. Um, I think grit is something that, it can be learned, yeah. um, but a lot of folks don't know what it is until, like you said, the desperation and mm-hmm. and the – it's not just a want to. You almost have to. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think that is something that we can drive home all day long, but a lot of folks, they won't get it. No. Um, but that being said, I mean, so the next phase in your life in making the decision to do that – why medicine? So, because it, you could have gone anywhere, anywhere, yep, anywhere. Um, Especially knowing now that you can conquer what's being thrown at you. Exactly. So, medicine was to me was more of a challenge because there were people in the past. Say, for instance, my fourth grade teacher. Okay. When I initially actually had the initial thought of going into something medicine and becoming a doctor, mm-hmm. I remember. It's like this was yesterday, and she said, everybody was like basically saying what they wanted to do and write on a paper what they wanted to, to be. Um, I said a doctor when I was fourth, in the fourth grade, and she wow. said, no, I think that'd be a little bit too hard for you. Wow. And this is inner city elementary. Yeah. That'd be a little bit too hard for you. And I was like, okay. And as a kid, you're just like, all right, that's Defeated. fine. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that, my, that thought has never entered my mind ever again until... Um, when I thought about physical therapy and I thought about, okay, I want to, I want to be on top. Yeah. I don't want to be in the middle at all. Um, and I, and, and granted some phys- physical therapy is like, you're, you're still on top, but right. you still get orders from somebody. Well, you're right. not wrong. Absolutely. Exactly. In addition so. to the fact that physical therapy just recently became a doctorate exactly. type position. Exactly. So I'm educated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you still get those orders. And, and I told myself, I said, I want to be the person making those orders. Like, how do I, how, how do I become that person? Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, not all physicians give orders to go to physical therapy. Some people just go to physical therapy or if there's occupational, there's a tons of, of different sure. like routes and things like that. So I don't want to discount them by any means, no. but um, I, I, I told myself when I was naive at that time, I said, I want to be the person making those decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so then medicine was like at the pinnacle. It was like yeah. there at the top. And I, and I asked myself one day, I said, can I do this? I'm not sure if I can. Yeah. Um, and I, I looked at the the route and the the dean, the dean from the med school, Dr. Kunat Chung, she she told me, she said, you can do anything. And and she's not white. She's a minority just like me. You can do anything you want. She wow. was just like, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. And then she she didn't take anything 
she didn't she didn't de- devalue anything at all um, that happened in my past. She kind of uplifted it, and but she basically gave me a blueprint. Sure, right? She gave me that blueprint. But the first thing she told me before she gave me that blueprint was, "Take those earrings out. <laughs> yeah, so, take those earrings out. Don't wear those." Um, she was trying to change me from that point. Mold you, yeah, exactly. Take those earrings out. You don't have to have those necklaces on. Don't do that. And I'll go as far as to say. She was telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. She was telling you the truth when no one else would. Yeah. Um, and that's powerful in itself as far as mentors go. Um, because had I had a mentor, had I had someone that said, pick your pants up, yeah. take them earrings out, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, mind you, I'm all tatted up now and all that jazz. <laughs> but, <laughs> me too. But I didn't do it until I knew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I may have gone further faster, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think everybody's journey has their own path and, yeah, and you got to learn as you go, but that, that's that's powerful in itself for it someone to tell you the truth despite what or how you're going to take it. Exactly. Exactly. And then medicine just, I mean, she she was kind of the uh, at the forefront with me and, and every single semester. It's like, if I had any trouble, she's giving me tutors, doing this, wow. doing that. Um, and then I figured, I was like, you know what? I might as well try. I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't come from anywhere. Right. So if I fail, I fail doing something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I just have nothing to lose. So I gave it my all. I was, uh, it got to the point to where I became so obsessed with becoming a physician that at one point in undergrad, I was going to undergrad from eight to about three or 4 PM. Um, I got about an hour of sleep. I, I um from there I went to the hospital because I was a medical scrap, so I was typing for the physician. Sure. Um I worked from there from like five to about I say five, six in the morning. Went back to, to to class the next day. Did the exact same thing. So I averaged probably about 15, 16 hours of sleep a week. A week. A week. Yeah. People but, tell me now that I'm crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, it had to be done though. Right. right? Um, so it, it it can't be done when I'm sleeping seven, eight hours a night. Yeah. At all, period. So it had to be done. I had to show an example to my daughter, my wife. I had to change a family dynamic that has never been seen before. Yeah. Uh, being the first with a degree, uh, major degree or advanced degree as well, physician, all mm-hmm. those things. So, And you saying that reminds me of uh, a professional athlete, Merle Hodge. You ever mm-hmm. heard of Merle Hodge? Old no. school, old school no. running back. Um, I don't even remember who he played for, but no. many years ago, I got to see him in person and he spoke. Mm-hmm. His message was find a way, not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Because we tend to gravitate towards any type of excuse that will allow us yes. to cope with whatever it is that we didn't accomplish. Yes. Whether it be solving a problem, getting from A to B, doesn't matter. And I try and drive that concept home with the loan officers that I coach, um, the friends that I have, um, even older relatives. Mm -hmm. By all means, it's it's not a message for the ages. It's a message for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, Because through and through, it's the same... um, path that I've seen from anybody sitting in that seat Mm -hmm. is whatever it takes, I'm getting it done. Absolutely. Whether I got to lose sleep, I got to be broke. I've got to, it doesn't (laughs) matter. Uh, 
And there's something else that goes hand in hand with that is having that obsession. You've got to be obsessed with, be obsessed or be average. You ever read that book? Yeah. No, I haven't read it, but I've I've heard it. I recommend that one. Yes. Um, I don't listen to a lot of things that he says, but (laughs) that's one that stuck with me. Be obsessed or be average. And it was one of those books that basically told me it was okay for me to be obsessed because I figured the way I'm going to get there is I'm going to work night and day to make it happen. Regardless of what anybody was saying, oh, you should slow down. You should, no, 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 no. You're just justifying your situation. My situation's mine. Let me worry about me because I got a family and I've got goals. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I don't even know where I was going with that, but be obsessed, be average, uh, finding a way, not an excuse. And I'm seeing a lot of that as a trend mm-hmm. in all of the leaders and mentors that are sitting in these seats yeah. and having these discussions. And it, it makes me so thrilled to know that hopefully this will resonate with tons of people yeah, eventually, hopefully. you know? Yeah. Um, so you, once you got into medicine, was it easy? Was it was it one of those things like boom? I'm here. I made it. Here's your credentials. Yeah. Check check check. You're good to go. Yeah. yeah. So that, I always tell I tell lots of people. They always ask me that same question. Like, hey man, you've been through a lot. Like, it, what what is that in comparison to medicine? Mm-hmm. So I would say my obviously my life situation was a lot worse. So it made medicine a lot easier to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, now, medicine is a, just a different beast because they give you, it's, they said it's like drinking from a, wa- uh, a fire hydrant. Fire, just, yes, yep. tons of information. And um, I always call medicine, medicine is like an, an unofficial branch of the military. Okay. Right? Okay. Because um, medicine is the only field that the government pays for, uh, uh, for training. Okay. They don't do dentistry. They don't do um, law, anything like that. It's, it's specifically medicine. So, they kind of have the kind of the same concepts when it comes to like training and teaching you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're crap. You're, when are you going to get better? Yep. They beat you down every single year. And and why why do you think that is? Makes you stronger. See what you're made of. It makes you stronger because when you're out in the field, when you're when you're that lone doctor, yeah, and you have to figure it out, then all those specific things that you've been through, I mean, they come back. I believe it. Um, you make those decisions. You save lives. Yeah. Um, so those things are very, very important. Wow. Um, but yeah, in comparison to like what I've been through in medicine, medicine is just, I mean, they make you very vulnerable. Um, and they start from year one. You get in med school, everyone's happy. Everyone's yeah. ready to go. And then they're like, hey, this is what it is. Everything's secondary. Family's secondary. You. This is where you're going to be 24-7. Right. Um, tests every week. You have to be reading every week. I barely had spent any time with my family because I was too worried about, okay, I have to read this book next. Right. Um, but they make you very vulnerable. And then about year two, year three, they start to build you back up again. So the the way you looked at life beforehand, super naive. You're not worried about um, this person crossing the street or this person talking to you when they're walking past. You're not looking at, oh, they have swollen legs or anything like that. Once you get into medicine, it all changes. Yeah. You can't reverse it. No, it makes sense. You can't yes. reverse it. So it's pretty intense. And I'll compare that to me in the financial mm. industry. <laughs> I've I've been in finance since I was 18 years old, starting oh, wow. at the bank. That's a long time. And seeing many different financial no. situations no. come across me. Um it, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just <laughs> I don't know if I'm jaded or tainted or whatever you want to call it, but when I meet new people, I'm almost like, don't tell me what you do. Don't yeah, tell me what yeah, you do for a living. Because yeah. I don't intend to judge, but 
when you tell me, I know how much you make. Yeah, you can't right fake away. the funk with yeah. me. Sorry. Um, now I don't know people's credit, things like that, but yeah. I do know multiple spectrums of different work. Unless you're self-employed, because self-employed, you could sky's the limit. You yeah. know. Um, now, when you got into medicine and moving forward, I can imagine that you probably worked for free at first, or or something along those lines. Minimal, right? Yeah. And and it's like, all right, I made it. I'm a doctor. Yeah. Wait a minute. Where's the money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very minimal. I'm telling you, man. Minimal student loans, mm-hmm. all those things, man. And what was that like from a family aspect? From someone, let's say your wife, who stuck with you from the beginning till now, and is mm. going, and we're going along with your journey, and she's going, all right, yeah. <laughs> when did that cheddar come in, <laughs> <laughs> right? No, that was tough. It was tough because um, we had at first she was at home with the kids, mm-hmm. um, so I had a, I had a, um, I had a kid before med school. I had a kid second year of med school, and then I had a kid um, the beginning of residency training. Okay. So at first she was at home with the kids. And then uh, my wife is, she's just as, I mean, she comes from the same type of background as me. So she's just as hardworking. Sure. You can't put somebody that is just as hardworking at home with the kids. It's true. They're going to go crazy go at nuts. some point. Yep. Yeah. My so, wife, same thing. Yeah, the exact she same. now has multiple businesses. She's <laughs> yeah. doing her thing. She's <laughs> like, I can't stay Kate. And I get it. I right. Get it. She couldn't do it. So um, she, uh, she jumped into the beauty um, or the kind of the, the fashion industry okay. uh, with Ulta Beauty. Yeah. Um, and then she just climbed the ladder year after year after year until she got her own store. Awesome. Um, so she was managing her own store for for several years um, at that point in time. Um, but yeah, she she just couldn't do it um, when we didn't have anything. Yeah. She was just like, all right, I need to go to work. And I was like, no, I'll just stay home with the kids. Tight. Yeah. She was like, no, I need to go to work because that's going to help us out more. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of times where my wife wanted to divorce me during residency. She I was can like, only imagine. I can't do this anymore. I so. can only imagine. I can only yeah. imagine. But then she was like, wait a minute. I yeah, divorced yeah. him now. I ain't getting much. <laughs> I'll wait a little bit longer. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, now, now, I can imagine that going through what you've been, once you got into the medical field and are now practicing, mm-hmm. What, from what you learned in sports, had a play in what you do today? And with sports, you have to have a passion um, to play it regardless, especially if you want to play college basketball or anything college. You have to have that passion. So I think the the passion aspect of it, the teamwork aspect, um, camaraderie, all those things were really important. Um, and compassion, empathy, all those things were really important. Um, to be a physician or the type of physician I am sure. uh, with, with dealing with pregnant moms. Cause obviously there's a kind of a, a really a big emotional factor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with, um, I mean, all the, the extremes of ages, um, all those things. So it, it, it played a really, really important part um, in, in why I'm successful as a physician um, because I mean, you can go online and see tons of, of, um, reviews on me and specifically they point out, oh, he's compassionate. He's empathetic. Um, he he listens to me. He's an advocate for for my health. Right. All those things because this is what I learned before. Right. I mean, this is not what I learned when I became a doctor. No, they didn't teach you that. At all. They don't <laughs> teach you that, period. 
In fact, majority of more majority of people that become docs out of training, they're assholes. You're not wrong. Yeah, you're so not wrong. I hear that all the time. Most are assholes, and they still don't know how to manage their money. Exactly. I'm just being honest. Exactly. So, and even even um, uh, there was a recent um, hysterectomy that I done on a patient, and her friend was actually um, really big on the 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 school side. So okay. she was I'm not sure if it was a dean or like over one of the schools, and even after the conversation of me talking to the patient beforehand, after, uh, uh, so on and so forth, the biggest question she asked me was like, hey, like, what was different in your curriculum that you're so much more compassionate than yeah. I've met any other doc before? Wow. Like, was your curriculum different? Did you guys talk to, to other people? Did you guys have people come in? And I was like, because she just wanted to know so she can do that to her, sure. her program. And, and I told her, I said, I've been through a lot. I said, this is this. These are things that I learned over time, um, and uh, I, I'm just, I just, I just love and care for people in right. general. So um, that's hard to teach if you don't have it already. No, you're not wrong. Yeah, and so. and I, uh, I guess coming through the ranks in my career, I was presented with a book um, called On Emotional Intelligence, mm -hmm. and honestly, I read the book and went okay, this is me already. Mm -hmm. And the person at the time that recommended the book said, I know. Oh, wow. That's why I told you to read it. Nice. Yeah. And then he asked me, why do you think that is so? I said, to be honest, um, number one, I come from a multicultural background. Mm -hmm. Two, I've seen the shit all the way to the, <laughs> the, 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 the kings at the top. <laughs> yeah. And I've been able to relate to all of them. Yeah. Um, why? Because I wanted to. I, yeah. I gave, I, I, I wanted to. I, yeah. I don't know how else yeah. to describe that, but yeah. the intention was there so that we could level. I didn't want to not uh, not understand what somebody mm -hmm. was trying to get across yeah. to me or um, feel like I was better than anybody yeah. because all my life, I didn't feel like I was better yeah. than anybody. Exactly. Um, Good point. I was just trying to get in where I fit in. Mm -hmm. And all that time reading that book going, wow, okay, this, now it puts it into perspective and now I can explain mm -hmm. why I am the way that I am sure. and what things I'm picking up from every person that I meet. Yeah, um, and I think that's something that most people don't get an opportunity to. They mm -hmm. just are on the outside yeah. judging folks. Yes. Um, but yes. I mean, you never know, you can't judge a book by its cover, mm -hmm. but uh, you never know someone's past that's got them to today. Correct. Uh, I mean, Correct. you could have walked in here and said, you know what? I came from privilege. <laughs> I got a scholarship for all this stuff. And guess what? My parents are white. <laughs> you, know? you never know. Um, but regardless, I, I think that it's something that most people should at least um, take the time to comprehend a little mm -hmm. bit instead of judging. Um, and I don't know, thinking that everything was handed to someone, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, in your case, it was not. Yeah. And back to the, the, the teams and sports and things of that nature, that has a lot to do with mine too. I played yeah. college football. Uh, I didn't graduate from college, mm -hmm. mind you, I went the business route and yeah. learned quicker than anybody else that, if I'm going the business route, I don't mm. need this piece of paper yeah. in order to do that. There are some that do, mm -hmm. um, but I'm an advocate for using college for what it's supposed yeah, to. And absolutely. it's, we need doctors, we need nurses, absolutely. we need attorneys, we need those folks. And I don't want my attorney, doctor, or nurse yeah. to be on the fly because <laughs> those are not things that no. are business decisions yeah. that need to be made until you open your own business. Yeah. Um, so we'll shift into that. 
And I want to talk a little bit about your businesses that you have going, things of that nature. But I think that (sighs) there are a lot of doctors out there and it became this thing. Like our parents were like, go to school, get good Mm -hmm. grades and you can become a doctor because that's the thing. And that happened dramatically in our era that there are a lot of doctors out there. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there's going to be a lot of doctors that stay working for the man, so to speak. Yes. Then there's also a lot of doctors or very few doctors, I should say, that figure it out and go, all right, let me figure out money. Yeah. Let me figure out business. Now let me take my craft, my trade and apply it Yeah. and grow it into something that can be a legacy. Absolutely. And that's what I see from you, man. Absolutely. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> You're doing. I'm You're trying. doing. There's a, there's a difference between trying um, and doing, and I see you as a doer. Yeah. Now, that's a concept that I uh, <laughs> kind of fake my loan officers out because I say there is no try, but you absolutely have to try in order to find out. Yeah, absolutely. So um, your businesses, what, what, what you got going with that? So, um, and this is something I never told you, Mark, okay. but- I remember when I when I spoke to you when I was trying to acquire my, my yeah. home and we talked about mortgage stuff and we kind of veered off and talked about other things. Um, and I think that's the reason I'm so like drawn to you as a person, because I've seen a lot of those qualities and those traits that 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 are in me. Yeah. And I was just like, man, this guy. And then you were talking about like you were doing this and doing that. And I was like. Man, like I don't ever have man crushes, but I think I, I think I might have one. <laughs> it was mutual, yeah, so, <laughs> mutual. Yeah, Boom. so that that was a little motivating too, because um, I, I only seen life at this point was medicine, becoming a physician. You made it. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then I seen all the things that you were doing, and you kind of shed a little bit of light on what you uh, been through too. So I was like, man, I, I I can do a little bit more. Yeah. Um. So then. Um, once I was able to kind of get established, uh, with, as a physician here in Texas, uh, my boss actually, Renee Perez, he's, he's, this guy is a, um, he's a business mind, man. He's a, he's a a mogul, man. I'm I'm just. Also a physician? Also a physician. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I'm talking about when I met him, he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm busy. I'm like, Oh, I wonder why he's busy. I mean, he's a doc. I kind of know the, the, uh, the the ins and outs in the schedule, but he was like, no, I got a lot of stuff. He was just like real estate medical spa um he's in this he has his head in that he has his hand in that and, and then so i was like man I, I need to do it too um it was like the new fast so i was like i'm not gonna sit around and just be a doctor i gotta right. get my my hands in, the, in something so one of the things that i noticed though in terms of business is again it turns back to passion right if you have a passion for something um you're not gonna quit that's not right. You're, you're not, not wrong. You're <laughs> so, not wrong. <laughs> you're not going to quit. It doesn't matter if you don't make any money for the first six months to a year. You're going to keep grinding because you're like, you know what? I can make it better somehow. You're going to have that passion. Yeah. And <clears> you <throat> believe in yourself. Exactly. You've bet on yourself before and it panned out. Exactly. It has for you thus far. It has. It has. Um, so I've been, um, so for instance, I started uh, Reap and Prosper. Okay. Um, initially a motivational speaking business because beforehand I was um, doing a lot of motivational speaking. I was traveling around and um, it was basically free gigs or I made probably close to about a grand sure. every, every once in a while. So I was like, you know what? Um, everyone wants me. Everyone wants to hear my story. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I, I have a passion to do motivational speaking. So I, I uh, ventured out, did some Googling and I was like, I got to figure out how to start my own business. 
some Googling, found an LLC, did all the fees and all that other stuff, um, got the certificates and all that other stuff. So I was pretty excited about that. Yeah. The next thing was like, how do you run it? <laughs> how do you market it? <laughs> yes. And I was like, I got to figure out all this shit by myself. And um, so then I was doing a little bit of here, a little bit of there, but it wasn't enough. It was I was treating it more of like a more of like a really part-time job versus a full-time job. And sure. if you treat a business like a part-time gig, it's not going to go anywhere. You're not wrong. Um, so then I, I realized after like six months, I was like, I'm not getting any gigs, no nothing. Yeah. I got like one or two gigs. That was it. So then uh, my mentor, um, Renee Perez, my boss as well, uh, who hired me on in St. Louis, I mean, San Antonio, he was um, giving me like tidbits like, hey, you have to turn this into a full-time gig because it's not going anywhere. Right. He was telling me, hey, you need to charge this because your time is important. 100%. You need to market this because this is how you get people to come in. And I took all those uh, all those specific things. Um, then I kind of ventured out because I was like, I have a passion to do motivational speaking, but I also have a passion to do basketball and to teach basketball to the youth. Okay. So then I started a DBA um uh, Reap and Prosper Sports. Um, okay. first it was like Reap and Prosper Basketball Training Academy. Which he get, he helped me get that name too as well, <clears throat> but Reap and Prosper Sports because I wanted to make it more vague. I like it, and um, I um, there was a, a a particular person who reached out when I started. Um, her name is Colette Fish. I um, I <clears throat> when I started, I was like, yeah, this, I don't know if this is gonna go anywhere, so I just put her on the back burner for sure. a while. So. <clears throat> From, from the start, it was me and my son in the gym. I would buy the gym uh, time with my own money. Mm-hmm. Me and my son training the whole time. Train, train, train. And, I was, and he was like, Dad, how come there's nobody else here? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, I'm not sure, but one day this gym is going to be filled. It's going to be filled. And he was like, all right. So then started to figure out marketing. Um, went to market on Facebook, cards, all those things. So I taught myself the marketing aspect. Right. Taught myself more of the financial aspect of it, too. Um, I taught myself um, a lot of the kind of ins and outs of, of a business just by reading books, Google searching, all those things. Next time I turned around, had about 30 kids in the gym. That's awesome. 30 kids in the gym. I was able to bring Colette Fish back. And, yeah. she, was, and she does a lot of my administrative stuff, too. Okay. And she always asked, like, hey, like, how do you know all this stuff? And I said, um, she was like, why don't you just hire somebody to do it? Um, and I'm like, you know what? If I'm the business owner... I want to know every aspect before I hire anybody on because it's, once that person can't do it, I know how to do it. Correct. I could teach somebody else. You're so, not wrong. So yeah, we've been we've been booming from um, a Reap and Prosper sports aspect. We get kids from all over Texas. They travel to San Antonio that to be trained awesome. by us. I need to hook you up with my yeah, brother. Um, so my brother Preston Jones uh, owns, and it is now um, what is it called? Uh, Texas Prime. Okay. And their AAU organization, nice. I think he's got like six teams and he also does clinics. Nice. In addition to being a loan officer and a father of, I don't know, he's got like 18 kids That's or something good. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Preston, I'm just kidding. Um, but he has a passion for that. Went mm-hmm. to St. Mary's to do that, got out with his degree, went uh, to be a marketer for someone and it was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, then became a realtor and said, this isn't for me either. <laughs> uh, went full-time into basketball, did yeah. fantastic, blew it up and took over my dad's business, which was coaching and it mm-hmm. was D1 Prospect and then transitioned over to that. Nice. And now, gosh, they are growing their teams. They're out of Bernie. Um, they, what do they use? What is that? Um, gosh, what is the name of it? Um, oh goodness. It's going to drive me insane now. Um, (laughs) 
that prestigious school out there, not TMI, but the other one in Bernie. Um, mm. So they do that, and he's got <clears throat> a legit passion to yeah. doing that, and yeah. he does well at it. So nice. you guys partnering up <laughs> could blow the thing up. I'm not even right. joking. So right. that that's 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 super awesome. That here, here's I think what the message is on this. Number one is there's plenty of folks out there that finally reach where they want to go and they stop, not necessarily stop. They continue doing what it is that they reached out to get, but there's a lot of folks that squander off the opportunities that they have now that they have what they have. And what I mean by that is I can imagine once you were in your career, you decided that you're going to go honed in on OBGYN, all that good stuff. You started making some good money. Mm -hmm. Then you could say, you know what? I'm making good money. I'm going to live my life like this and retire this way. Exactly. Or you can say, I'm going to bet on myself a little bit more and I'm going to take that money and regardless if it fails or not, I'm going to continue to invest in myself yes. into something, especially that you're so passionate about since day one. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And that turns into more of an inspiration and motivation for others mm-hmm. to go, okay, you're saying that if I become a doctor, an attorney, a lawyer, a badass loan officer, <laughs> anything like that, yeah. I can make my other dreams come true. And for me, entrepreneur since day one. Yeah. I didn't come from much, but once I started making really good money, it was like, all right, I can spend all this money or I can invest all this money. And at first we started doing flips and things like that. And they worked. Some didn't, some did. Mm -hmm. But then I went, all right, let me take some of this money and invest it back into myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started doing websites and and different podcasts. Now I'm not making money from the podcast, (laughs) but I am spreading inspiration. I am. uh, I do feel like if one person listening to this changes their life, it it worked. And each episode that I've put out, I've at least got one person that says, thank you for that one. And that is enough fire to keep me going and doing this truly. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's 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 an awesome story, man. Yeah. I, I did not know that part about yeah. what you're doing. So this is new, yeah? This is new. Very, okay. very okay. new. The funny thing is, I had this idea since 2008. Um, and it's interesting that you mentioned that I can stop what I'm doing and retire this way. Right. Or I can fuel the fire to what I want to really want to really do and, and for my dreams to fuel it. Right. Um, and that's all I did. It was, I used that, I used medicine. I used what I was making as a physician, mm-hmm. the resources I had as well. And I used that to fuel what I wanted to do next. My, right. My passion, which was basketball. Oh yeah. And um, again, like we were, we weren't making anything. I'm talking about, I was at a negative, probably one to two grand just paying on, like gym fees I believe for the it. most part. Um and now I'm able to 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 fuel someone else and 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 give that fire to someone else too. Like my my assistant that works for me, she's she has fire. That's she awesome. has probably way more fire than me. That's awesome. And what keeps me going too is she told me one day, she said, you know what? I was sitting around smoking cigarettes, gaining weight, not doing anything with my life, but you changed my life. Wow. She said you absolutely changed it. Um, so she's like, Hey, what can I do to, to make it better? What can I do to make it better every single day? And, and I'm just appreciative to have someone so like dedicated and hardworking. It's just, let me, it's, let it's me, hard. let me, uh, 
frame this. I know you make good money. I make good money. Mm-hmm. There's been times having made good money that I've still been broke. Yeah. Risking on the things that I believe are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that feeling that you get when someone like that tells you, thank you. You're the reason why I'm doing this. Oh, man. That's an, just an unbelievable feeling. Right? It, it's, it's tough because <clears throat> you tend to get situations like that happen only when you're you're at your lowest point. You're like, dude, I'm about to just give this all up. And then the moment that happens, you get a call like, hey, what you're doing has changed my life. And I'm like, oh, let's go at it then. Let's let's keep going. Yep. And I think that's what gave me my second leg in terms of of making the business better. Um, and because I I'm I mean obviously I'm still learning everything daily, but yep. the marketing aspect got better. We um, we get like five to six leads per week. Wow. Um, brand new kids every week that come in every Sunday. Yeah. Um, all those things change for us. So there, it, there was something that happened yesterday. I got home, um, and having started this new mortgage company, mm-hmm. uh, it, man, it's been a pain in the butt. <laughs> it's been hard work in a market where it's like, oh shit, you really just open your own right now in mortgage? Right. <laughs> Dumbass. Brave. <laughs> <laughs> but it was at the point where I'm going, man, what's my next move? What, what am I going to do? And my wife walked in last night. I was having a uh, a Zoom call with my team that is in, um, they're in India. They're mm-hmm. developing the new website, Review My Mortgage. We're getting ready to launch the, the version two of it, brand new platform, the whole nine yards. Nice. And my partner and I are going, man, is this, is this going to work? Like they're a little <laughs> behind, but no. they're getting the concept. It's looking beautiful, but it's not there yet. Mortgage company, my God. <laughs> and she came and slapped this note on my desk that came in the mail from a lady. And it says, hi, hi, Mark. I wanted to thank you for all the help with the almost transaction and for getting it to the finish line. They were so happy at the closing table. I wish you could have seen them. I also wanted to congratulate you on your new mortgage company and the next chapter of your life. I wish you much success with it. Wishing you a lovely Christmas and happy holidays for you and your family and friends. And that little bit of thank you. I noticed what you did there and it helped someone else Mm -hmm. gave me enough fire to go. All right. No more excuses. This this isn't bullshit. We're taking it all the way. And it's little things like that, that I don't know that. I, I can imagine you yourself, we thrive on that yeah. um, because at a certain point, the money, I'm not going to say you get numb to it, but you know, you can make it again. Yeah. The yeah. gratification, the impact on others is more of a deep feeling yes. mm-hmm. and a motivator to continue moving forward yeah, than, than anything in my opinion. Absolutely. So that, that's cool that that you're out there changing lives yeah. and not by way of your trade, right. your craft. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Just because th- these things, <clears throat> they, they made life a little bit more easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard work, again, the grit, the perseverance, all those things. I mean, you you encounter that in sports. Yeah. Um, so it made life a lot easier for me when um, I was able to have those those essential components right um, to my life. Um, so and, and it, it's important. I think the other thing that you mentioned right now about how we get numb to certain things, like even as a physician, sorry about that. Even as a physician, um, 
you you do the same thing pretty much every single day. Yeah. Um, even if you're saving lives, and um, there's a number of lives that I was, I was able to save, fortunate to save um, moms who come in bleeding or having uh, an abortion or things like that. They come in bleeding. Um, don't want to get too political because I know how that that can veer off a little <laughs> bit. But um, we're not cutting that out. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, so. <laughs> But there was a um, there was a lady who came in like I was kind of doing the the exact same thing second nature came in tons of bleeding having a miscarriage um, and she was I mean this is legit bleeding like I've never seen it before in my life and um, uh, and everyone was like hey you're so poised and and this is all the things that I've learned in training because mm-hmm. I, I had a really great training facility that that trained me in Indiana um, but. Very poised. Um, I was able to to fix the problem right there in the office. Wow! Um, just by um, doing a few things because she was not going to the hospital at all. I see. Um, because she didn't have any insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to try to fix the problem there. Um, and like I would say, probably about a week later on, I uh, came to work and had this. There was this big basket of just fruit and a card, basically saying. Thank you, Doctor Simeon. You, you saved my life and all this other stuff. That 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 that's it's impactful. Deep. Like you said, yeah. it's, it's deep. It's very deep. So um, that it kept me going. It keeps me going when I when I have like things like that. So that's awesome. Um, well, I mean, we've gone through quite a bit. I mean, there's plenty <laughs> of key factors that that folks can pull out of this discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing that I want people to take away is that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Anything is actually possible, but mm-hmm. only if you work hard. Absolutely. Um, a lot of folks out there think that it's entitled because you went to school or because mm-hmm. you came from a certain family or yeah. because you're from a certain area. Exactly. None of that shit is real. At all. It's At all. your hard work and what you're willing to do to make it happen. Um, Kind of back to that grit and the um, philosophy of find a way, not an excuse. Mm -hmm. And you are the example of that, brother. You really are. I I didn't, I didn't realize I was in the midst of it, but yeah, definitely, man. I I just had to, you got to find a way. Yes, sir. You have to find a way. So is there anything that you would like to uh, leave our listeners with? Um, I kind I really like the, uh, find a way, not an excuse. I think that's, that's, it says it all, yeah. right? Um, people, they're so wrapped up in themselves and, and wrapped up with having an excuse all the time and being this innocent person, like, Hey, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it because this is standing in the way and this is standing in my way. But there's, there's a, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. You can definitely do whatever you, you place your mind, um, to doing, and the only person that absolutely sets this, this limitation is yourself. It's yourself. That's yeah. the only person. I agree. So no one else sets this limitation. You may think they do, but they don't. It's yourself that sets that limitation. So it's about changing the mindset yeah. and then um, basically walking in it. You're so. not wrong, man. Well, those of you listening out there, there's plenty to take from this. Um, definitely mindset is something that um, you can stumble into. And it's something that... I hope that you find your passion out there, whether it be real estate, whether it be um, medicine, whether it be uh, sports, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be cleaning toilets, <laughs> clean them toilets yep. as best you can <laughs> until you get to the next phase Absolutely. of your life. Um, because if, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but if Adrian, who grew up in the inner city of Los Angeles with 
multiple siblings living in a car um, can get through it and find a way. I believe anybody can find a way. Um, so that being said, Adrian, thank you so much. Thank it you was for a having great me. discussion. Thank yeah. You, for having me. Uh, you guys, we'll catch you on the next one. It's very deep. So um, that it kept me going. It keeps me going when I, when I have my things. I hope that you find your passion out there, whether it be real estate, whether it be um, medicine, whether it be uh, sports. Whether it be cleaning toilets, clean them toilets yep. as best you can until you get to the next phase Absolutely. of your life.